And welcome back to another edition of what I like to call From Nonsense to God's Sense as we take a look at the things that go on in this world through a biblical perspective because oftentimes through the worldly lens we get confusion and God always gives us clarity when we ask for it. And so that's what we try to do is get that biblical clarity on how to look at things, especially here in 2020, a wacky year it's been for the world. And now in the political age, the political time, as we approach the elections coming up here in November, we've got uh, Dan Delzell with us. And Dan, thanks again for joining us this week. Oh, it's my pleasure, son. Thanks for having me back. Hey, so uh, we've been kind of talking about uh, in the past a lot of issues, a lot of spiritual things, a lot of you know biblical things, and we still do that, but we're kind of taking a, a focus more on the political edge from it and looking at the uh, politicians and the elections and the things that are going on. I think last time we talked about the debates. Uh, that were uh, that went um, last night as of this taping there was supposed to be a second debate but you know that fell through because of several reasons one which came out was the fact that there was some shenanigans as they call it with the moderator who sent a tweet to somebody and then said his account was hacked and then that turned out to be a lie and so then they wanted to also do it to be a zoom or you know teleconference and the Trump administration was like, no, we're not going to do that. And so, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on, and it's really kind of sad that we have this political ideology going on in the country, that we have to do all this stuff, this tomfoolery, to be able to get our candidate elected. We have to, you know, use Twitter to block stories that are pretty, you know, uh, earth-shattering when you think about it, you know, and the American people ought to know about it. And so then you've got also, you know, the treatment between the two candidates, and it was evident last night in the two I guess you can call them town halls, although I don't think they were really town halls. They were just two extreme ends of a conversation about what's going on with the political climate and the platforms and the campaigns of the two candidates. Uh, Biden, he was with uh, George Stephanopoulos on ABC, and then President Trump, he was on NBC with Savannah Guthrie, and it was polar opposites on how the nights went for each of the candidates. Yeah, it was quite striking, Son. And as you were speaking, I I just was reminded that even though Donald Trump obviously is not the Messiah, Jesus handled that one quite well. Uh, We don't look for another Messiah. We don't need another Messiah. Jesus is on such a higher plane than any political leader, and he's the one we follow. Uh, On a political level, uh, there seem to be some real similarities between the way uh, many in the media treat Donald Trump and the way that they push their own agenda. And last night was another case in point where, as you say, it was going to be their second debate, but it ended up uh, because of some circumstances becoming two town hall uh, meetings. But it didn't really turn out to be that, at least not for Donald Trump. You know, uh, I've heard today that uh, Samantha Guthrie of uh, NBC ended up asking him, I believe, 43 questions, uh, really just peppering him and pressing him and, and, um, giving him some of the toughest questions in terms of just personal things, not tough in the sense that he didn't have great answers because he did, but I mean, she, she went to like the, 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 the biggest uh, talking points for, you know, Biden's camp issues that they would want to press and many times misrepresent uh, 43 times. She asked the question versus 10 uh, of, of the people's questions who were supposed to be having a town hall meeting. So it was not a town hall meeting. It was a setup. Uh, but but that's what we've come to expect from uh, so many in the media. Meanwhile, over on uh, ABC, George Stephanopoulos, you know, a big uh, Democratic uh, experienced person with different uh, candidates over the years, 
Um, he's there giving softballs, just lobbing softballs into Joe Biden, and not one question about the the hot story, at least hot in terms of um, what should have been all over every newspaper, uh, but Twitter shut it down. Uh, and and so um, they they did not allow uh, the, the, the story that the New York Post broke here in the last uh, few days about uh, Hunter Biden's uh, laptop and uh, the content and messages on there that contradict what uh, Joe Biden had said about uh, supposedly his lack of knowledge of Hunter's dealings with uh, Ukrainian leaders and others. So completely contradicted that. But, uh, you know, when the New York Post broke that story, uh, you know, Twitter proceeded to shut it down. And so, of course, now they're facing a huge backlash, uh, including um, some in Washington who are, uh, you know, have now called their CEO in uh, to answer questions on uh, on what they've done. I think Twitter's realizing that they um, they obviously, you know, overstepped. Uh, you know, they, they've been doing it more quietly in terms of uh, pushing their agenda, trying to promote their candidate. Um, very much the way, you know, the Pharisees worked against Jesus. And that's why I made the the Messiah uh, reference, not that Donald Trump is our Messiah, but because he pushes for freedom, um, so many in the mainstream media, they seem to hate him. And, you know, the, the Pharisees, son, they hated Jesus because he was free, because he wasn't pushing their agenda. He came with the truth. And, uh, and so, yeah, last night was just another case in point where uh, those who are controlled by a, a dark ideology and who want to promote... Um, you know, really just a very narrow, power-oriented uh, agenda um, really tried to go to bat for their candidate, and they really tried to take down, once again, you know, President Trump. But, um, you know, it's funny, Tom, because uh, even there with the NBC uh, town hall, supposedly, there was this woman uh, in the back behind Trump, and she kept nodding all the time, uh, you know, when he would say things, and it was so... Uh, funny because it's the last thing NBC would have wanted. You had people out on Twitter, uh, you know, who are uh, anti-Trumpers, uh, who were just bemoaning the fact that why is you know why is NBC allowing her to be there? Why they, they, they don't like that um, you know that image of somebody being there uh, supporting what he's doing. But I just thought that was so funny, uh, even though they tried to torpedo Trump. 43 questions from the so-called, you know, moderator, whatever her role was going to be, 10 from the people. But that goes to show, Son, those who want power, they don't care what the people want. They have an agenda. And they're not going to, they don't want the people to make up their own mind. And and uh, this is why it's such an important election, because America has always been about freedom, freedom of speech, hearing everybody's ideas. Uh, but the minute you start shutting down news reports, uh, I mean, what, are we living in Cuba? I mean, what, what is this? And, and so Twitter has a lot to answer for, but it's not like all of a sudden this is some new ideology or practice for them. They've been doing this in many ways for a long time, and now more and more people are going to start to see how Big Cat uh, really is in the back pocket of, of the DNC and, and of this uh, agenda that they have, uh, and, and much of it is being driven by the far left. Uh, much of it is being driven by people who uh, are using Joe Biden as a pawn, uh, and once he gets in there, they plan to push their agenda on everything um, further and further to the left. That's their goal. That's obvious, and those who see it are are rightly concerned 
um, you know, uh, that, that this election is so critical and, and, and the freedom be continuing in America and not come under the control of those who want to shut out every other voice and, and want to pack the courts and, and want to just take control and shut the other side down. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce her name, but Mayra Jolie, I believe, was the lady behind Trump that was nodding. She was, uh, well, I guess is an immigration attorney, and she is a pro-Trump activist, obviously. But I think she ran for Congress two years ago, or maybe, uh, yeah, maybe two years ago, something like that. But I yeah. think they identified her as Mayra Jolie, and so she was back there supporting everything that Trump yeah. pretty much had to say. And so like you said, I mean, it's interesting because there's two things going on here. One, these moderators, it's all about them. You know, in the political world, the politicians, whenever they come up with something, it's all about them and advancing their career. And it's the same with moderators, too. You know, when you're a moderator, you're out there to try to make your name for yourself. So I'm some, I'm, I'm a, I would imagine that Savannah Guthrie was, you know, patting herself on the back last night saying what a great job she did in her inner circles was probably getting praised, you know, and she's probably talking about it this morning. And so, um, so I can kind of see a little bit of it because mm-hmm. that's the media, you know, makeup. I mean, that's sure. just what they do. But then on the flip side, when you're, when you're in a political environment that is dubbed a town hall that is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people, and you, yeah. mono- and you dominate, monopolize the conversation, then why don't you call it something different and just call it for what it is? And the other thing too, I thought was interesting was that the questions that some of these participants that were actually, I guess, the people, they were writing. I'm thinking to myself, okay, they did not write these questions because normal people don't think of these things. Like right. when, when someone got up there and was like, okay, and they're reading like this very formalized question yeah. about corporate taxes yeah. in America. And I'm thinking to myself, right. uh, you're, you're a cor- you, you don't care about corporate taxes. You're not in the corporate world. <laughs> right. What are you talking about? You know? And, yeah. and then someone else comes up with, you know, I want to know about this. It's like, no, you don't. You don't care about that because that has nothing to do with you. You know, it's like you should be asking questions that are you know, what you want to know about. But the questioning was just very bizarre because I don't think any of these people wrote their own questions. One, because it just didn't seem to fit with what they were doing. You know, here's, here's Susie Homemaker asked a question. Yeah, the corporate taxes in America. And it's like, you don't care about corporate taxes. You're not in the corporate no. world. Um, no. But I did think the president shined. I think he did shine in, in a oh, tough yeah. environment, a hostile environment. I think he works well in those environments too. Well, I, I think he does too, son. And, you know, again, this was right on the heels of the New York Post uh, breaking this story. You know, when Joe Biden was vice president, he was assigned two countries, you know, uh, Russia and Ukraine. Lo and behold, who is it that his son uh, starts making, you know, millions of dollars from without any experience, but, but, but um, officials and, uh, from, from these countries and from companies in their countries, uh, including three and a half million dollars from uh, uh, the, uh, the wife of a former mayor of Moscow. I mean, it just goes on and on. You know, the, the, the Burisma, uh, you know, corruption, uh, that, that involved, uh, not only Hunter Biden, but his family. You know, that should be the front page story of the New York Times. But no, instead, um, they don't touch it. Uh, it, it, what they'll put out there is stuff about Donald Trump's taxes. And, and they don't worry about whether it was obtained legally or not. I mean, I don't know. Many say it wasn't, but, but uh, they don't worry about that. Uh, and Trump explained that. And, you know, I thought very well last night to Samantha Guthrie when she uh, pressed him on that. But, you know, they'll print that without a second thought. And Twitter doesn't think to shut that down, of course. That and, and all sorts of other fake news. But, but then when a legitimate story, at least as far as we know, 
I mean, the way it's been explained, this whole laptop situation, um, it would be pretty hard to invent that. And they're talking to the guy uh, who owns the, uh, you know, they've interviewed him on TV, the guy who owns a little shop that the laptop was dropped off at, and the different people now who have the information of the thousands of emails, and, you know, they have all these photos, photos of Hunter Biden. But, but most importantly, they have information that connects, you know, Joe Biden to meeting, uh, you know, uh, some officials, and then the money that flowed. Uh, from those uh, governments or those companies to the Biden family. So this should be on the front page, but of course it's not. Um, you know, I, I commend the New York Post. I mean, my goodness, um, they're doing what, what few uh, news outlets were, were willing to do. Of course, Fox News then started to get on board and, and, and they, you know, they're, they're, you know, running with it. But, but other than that, you know, it was really interesting, Tom, because I did a Google search for Hunter Biden emails here. I haven't done it on maybe the last day or so, but I did that a number of times over a couple of days and I was stunned that, that, you know, other than the New York Post, other than Fox News, um, you know, there were so few even articles about this and certainly nothing from ABC News or NBC News or CBS. You know, meanwhile, if something can come out there with just a hint of, of uh, something that might, might relate to Donald Trump, they're going to run with it. They're going to plaster it all over everything. And, and so, you know, from day one with the Russian collusion hoax, which now has been exposed, you know, everything that Hillary uh, did to initiate that. I mean, Trump has had one hand tied behind his back from day one. He's had, you know, key figures in the FBI and, and other, you know, agencies uh, seemingly out to get him. Obviously, the Obama administration, you know, out to get him. Um, and yet here he is because the people, son, recognize that we, we want someone who's about freedom, not trying to control us, not trying to change America. You know, that's what the Pharisees wanted to do to Jesus. They wanted to change Jesus. They wanted him to be like them. They wanted him to shut up. They, they didn't want him to bring um, what he was claiming was the truth, and it was. It was the truth, but they didn't believe it. Uh, they didn't believe his claim. And, and yet we who know Jesus as Savior, son, we know that he is the way, the truth, and the light. And that's why Christians are so concerned about freedom, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. Um, we're so thankful for the Judeo-Christian heritage we have in America. We don't want to see it taken away by uh, a leftist agenda. And, and make no mistake about it, son, you know, the far left, they are just itching to get in control. And you see what they want to do. I mean, they want to turn um, Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico into states so they can get four more Democratic senators. They want to control the Senate. They want to control the House. They want to control the White House. And they're fit to be tied. Because a beautifully gifted, intelligent um, judge is now about to be appointed to the Supreme Court that, that does not support their desire to see partial birth abortion continue and all other forms of abortion continue, who, who, does not, who is not willing to come out and say, yeah, you know, I stand with you for, uh, you know, for same-sex marriage to be celebrated and promoted. I stand with you for, um, you know, the thing that Joe Biden said last night, which is that he's for an eight-year-old being able to choose to be transgender, even though many of us, son, recognize that that is child abuse. It is child abuse when a child, rather than being given counseling, uh, you know, and, and when children are giving counseling over their gender uh, dysphoria, their gender confusion, you know, 90-some percent will grow out of it. They will uh, kind of settle into um, the gender that God made for them uh, to be. But, but, you know, Biden made it very clear last night with what I'm sure was a staged uh, question, just like all the other ones I think last night 
you know, this woman stands up and claims to have an eight-year-old. Oh, well, she does. I mean, I, I'm not questioning that, but she said she has an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old, and that her youngest uh, is now transgender. I mean, that's a tragedy, son. That's a tragedy for that child. It's tragic that that child is not being given counseling um, to walk through, you know, where their confusion is is, is rooted. Uh, but that's that's what's going on right now, and. Um, you know, we just we just have to pray. We have to pray for our nation. We have to pray for President Trump, and we have to pray for those that that, that are are just um, working for a leftist uh, America uh, that that they do not succeed. Because if they do, son, we won't even recognize this country. I mean, we've already seen so many things that are so different in terms of freedoms that that we've enjoyed as a nation. But I mean, uh, it is going to get far worse if the uh, if the far left. Uh, agenda is is thrust upon us the way that um, those on that side are, are hoping it will be. You know, Dan, we're in a situation here in California where we've seen churches like John MacArthur be uh, attacked, you know, be persecuted yes. is the correct word, yes. I would imagine, about yes. uh, opening up services. Okay, our governor is uh, in our city, Mayor Garcetti and, and Newsom, the yes. governor of California, they really come down on religion. They really uh, you know, talk about Twitter. Every, you know, everybody's in an uproar over Twitter censoring this story about the Hunter Biden emails. But yeah. yet there's very little outrage, except maybe locally here, where you have a church being told and persecuted that they can't meet, which goes against the very fabric of the foundation of our country and the and the Constitution yeah. and our freedom of religion, freedom of gathering. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all yeah. for the protesting but yet for gathering of church. And then you also have things like, you know, okay, we're in this school environment. We're here in California, especially Los Angeles, where students are going to school online via, you know, whether it's Zoom or whatever. And yet they're expected to do things. They're expected to follow the rules. They're expected to do their work and stuff. And yet last night you talked about uh, the Biden town hall, and he's saying things, okay? It's like where has truth gone? Where has honesty gone? We want our kids to raise up or to rise up and be follow rules and things like that and to speak yeah. truth. And if they lie to a teacher, then it's horrible. But yeah, you have Biden yeah. up there actually just literally telling lies about what things that maybe the president had said. Like I just, for example, yeah. you know, he went out there and said that the president actually said, if you inject bleach into your arm, you're going to be cured right. from, from Corona. And he never said that, you know, it's right. been fact checked. Right. He never said that. And, and, and exactly. people are allowing these lies. And, and any politician, yeah, it could be any politician. I, I'm just using Biden as an example because that's our, our jumping right. off point in the conversation. And it's like right. these, these things are being said and they're, and they're lies. And yet we see that from the politicians that are running our country. And we see that from even teachers. You know, when I was teaching at a community college here locally, there were teachers that were lying. There were teachers that were, you know, encouraging law breaking when it came to immigration, mm-hmm. DACA students, dreamers. Yeah and not cooperating yeah. with federal government. That was a policy for the campus, for the college. Yeah. And yet then we're yeah. supposed to turn around as teachers and not and, and, and get after students for plagiarism and things like that. It's like the double yeah. standard is huge in America yeah. today. That's like, yeah. where is the values? Where is the decency? Where is, you know, where is that truth, justice in American way that we once knew? It's not there anymore. It's not all about sleaze. It's all about lying. It's all about deception. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about doing what yeah. I can do to get what I want out of whatever it is I'm in, in this case, a political election. Yeah. I mean, it's completely yeah. out of control how far down the rabbit hole this country has gone and the stronghold that Satan has on the people here of this country. Well, there's no doubt about that, Son. And I have a thought about immigration that, uh, 
you stirred in my thinking I'll, I'll make here in a moment. But first, let me just say um, what you're describing, Son, with these lies. I mean, we saw it last night um, by the Presidential Debate Commission uh, making such terrible decisions, not consulting, um, you know, for example, the Trump campaign, not, not working out a plan. We ended up with Americans not being allowed to have these two men in the same room with, with just an honest and open debate. And so what did we end up with, Son? On, on one channel, we had Joe Biden lying again uh, about uh, the, 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 uh, the, the claim that, that Donald Trump wants to take away uh, insurance for those with pre-existing conditions. And, of course, we heard this from Democratic senators, you know, during the uh, Amy Coney Barrett hearing. Uh, you know, once again, Joe Biden spouted this lie again last night. Meanwhile, on the other channel, uh, Donald Trump is being questioned by Samantha Guthrie on that very issue. And once again, he's making it clear, we have a plan to replace Obamacare. We are not going to take away, uh, you know, the, uh, the insurance for those with pre-existing conditions. We're going to provide for that. I mean, it, it's kind of like this claim that Trump is a racist, a, a white supremacist. How many times does he have to say over how many years what his position is? But it gets twisted. In fact, I even saw a commercial today, Son, that, that pushed this lie. They're trying to stir up fear among people uh, that, that said that um, Trump is going to take away your, your insurance if you have a pre-existing condition. That's his goal. And it's 70% of Americans, I believe the statistic was, uh, you know, um, are concerned about that or, or something with that statistic. But my point is, it was, it was a lie. And, you know, as far as immigration is concerned, isn't it interesting, Son? You know, the, the last election, there was so much talk about, you know, build the wall and so much talk about immigration. But, you know, there's a deafening silence on, on the side of the, the, the left now when it comes to um, immigration. And, and I suspect partly what's going on there, Son, is this. I think the left has been a bit surprised to see um, how many Latinos are going for Trump. How many, for example, Cubans in Florida, but not only there, but, but how many other, um, just how many others uh, are, are going for Trump. And so I suspect they're starting to rethink. Um, they, they figured, well, because they didn't care about, um, about that group of people. They just wanted another voting block. And so they thought, you know, we're going to do with this voting block what we've done with black America for decades. And, and we have we have done things in a way trying to give them, you know, everything we can, uh, which, by the way, has not, as we know, uh, helped the black community at all. Uh, Donald Trump has done far more to help the black community uh, with jobs, with real progress, not just with handouts, uh, not, not just becoming um, enslaved to this, uh, you know, entitlement, um, idea of just having everything given to you. Uh, you know, that's all the left seems interested in. We'll give you whatever we, we, uh, we can give you to get your vote. Uh, but it's not working. I don't think the way they thought it would. And so you don't hear them talking as much about, uh, immigration. It'll be, it'll be very, uh, interesting to see if, if now this millennial generation, if they're able to snap out of the stupor that they have been placed into, by many of their educators, uh, if they'll be able to see um, what really is behind uh, socialism, if they'll, if they'll be able to really honestly um, realize what would happen if America were to go the way of Venezuela, for example. Um, and by the way, uh, on that issue too, so not only is their economy a disaster down there and the socialism just so wrecked that country, but you know what else has 
Um, they packed the courts. They they packed the courts for years, and it has not worked. It, it's been a disaster. So you know, you may get those people in there that you want, and that only are going to say yes to you, and are never going to challenge your idea. But it will bring your country down if you don't have a healthy back and forth on on many different ideas. And and so the the agenda of the left is is absolutely destructive and deadly for America. And as you and I know, son, far worse than just. Um, you know, economic death, far worse than just national death, is spiritual death. And so, you know, shutting down churches, shutting down the proclamation of the gospel, you know, they don't realize that they're, they're um, putting people in harm's way for eternity, who, who are going to miss out on knowing Jesus as Savior, are going to end up going to hell rather than to heaven. But, you know, the left isn't thinking about any of that. All they're looking at is power, control. What can we do to, uh, to completely radicalize this country? What can we do to tear it down so we can build it back up? And uh, as, as someone on that side said, you know, with all the riots, you know, we need to burn it down. And, and that's exactly what, what many uh, on the left, not all, but, but many on the left, and certainly the far left, that's what, they're, that's what they're about. We need to burn it down. We need to replace it. And um, this certainly seemed to be, you know, President Obama's agenda. It certainly seems to be uh, Kamala Harris's agenda. Uh, I'm not sure whether Joe Biden uh, is as much of a diehard as Kamala Harris and, and uh, Barack Obama when it, when it comes to uh, some of that hardcore leftist ideology. He may be, but, but he certainly uh, will not be able to stop it. And he certainly doesn't seem to be bothered by it at all. You know, Dan, you mentioned the, uh, the comment last night by Joe Biden, that eight-year-olds should be allowed to decide they are transgender. And I'm always curious because there's been an onslaught against kids, against our children. You know, it starts with, you know, abortion. And whether you're pro or against it, if you're really honest, whether you're for abortion or against it, if you're really honest, especially before it, you would really be accepting the fact that a life is being taken. You know, you could still be for it, but if you deny that a life is being taken, then I think that's where you really have a serious problem. Um, if you admit that I'm still for it, but life is taken, then I can understand that, okay, you're still taking a position and you're understanding the, the ramifications of it. Now we've gotten to the point where we have this transgendered. And first off, I'm humored by the fact that we have the LGBT and the B in it stands for bi, and bi right. means two. And yet we go beyond that and we're supposed to have more than two genders out there. So I'm amused by the fact that they have a bi in there because bi means two. And so I guess we're kind of contradicting ourselves there anyways. But what's this assault? You know, I mean, I don't understand why people need to have this power or this desire or this drive to make people transgendered. You know, again, it's, it's the people that won't do it themselves. It's the people that, you know, are out there. And, and, and I get the feeling that some of it is, it's kind of like this. If you're in Los Angeles or California, you get a new dog. It has to be a rescue so that you can have approval of the people that you show the dog to. Okay. Mm. Oh, look at my new pet. Mm. That's a rescue. I didn't ask you where you got it, but you just voluntarily throw that out because that is the qualifier to make it so that you adopted or you got a pet that's worthy of others to, you know, bestow upon you. Give you you. praise. Yes, give you praise for for saving this dog. And it's almost like that. It's like, you know, some people will allow their kid to be transgendered because they want the appraise of, they want the praise of everybody else around them. But why is it that we have this assault 
on young people. Like an eight-year-old, first of all, doesn't know anything about sex to begin with. So how would they know if they're transgendered or not? And then what's the push for it? You know, I mean, it's gotten to the point where we have to have laws as to whether or not there's transgender therapy or whether, you know, a person can go into um, a... Uh, mental health expert and talk to them i mean even with abortion you know people forget the fact that in some places if you are under a certain age or or like let's say 15 16 you don't have to have parents consent to get an abortion and parents don't need to be notified but yeah what people don't realize is that in some places if it's under 18 that's statutory rape and more people are more concerned with getting rid of the baby than the statutory rape that took place with the 15 year old having sex to begin with I mean, it's just crazy. Well, it is fun. And as you're speaking, I'm thinking about how, you know, so many on the left, they want to control and and practically remove, you know, free speech, it seems, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, uh, this open and free flow of ideas. They seem to want to remove that. But but two areas that are striking where they don't want there to be any control, um, they don't want to limit anybody in any sort of sexual uh, expression whatsoever, and they don't want to limit anyone with anything they might choose to do with a, an unborn baby, uh, you know, even even partial birth abortion. So it's like, let's remove the restraints. Uh, let's get rid of adultery, homosexuality, uh, sexual uh, uh, fornication and murder. Let's not call it those things. Let, let, let's call it, you know, um, uh, choice. Let, let, let's call it, uh, I'll give you an example, son, just this week. I mean, this is how fast things are moving, okay? Um, just this week in the, uh, the hearings here for Amy Coney Barrett, the senator from Hawaii became concerned that Amy Coney Barrett used the phrase sexual preference. And many have used that phrase, including many Democrats, but now uh, apparently that's no longer politically correct because those uh, who are in the gay community and transgender community, I guess, um, they're, they're offended, they say, by, by that because it's not a preference. Uh, it is just something they, they would claim uh, you just have to live with because it's just who you are now permanently, uh, which is it's interesting because you mentioned the B in that uh, acronym there. Now, if you're bisexual, are we allowed to say that um, that, that, that person may prefer um, heterosexuality at some times and homosexuality at others? I mean, are, are we not allowed to say that? Are we not allowed to even say that, that, that bi means you, you sometimes have one preference or sometimes the other. I mean, that's how ridiculous and insane it is. And, and so and not only that's fine, but um, like the day after that senator raised that point, um, I believe it was the Webster uh, Dictionary, the definition was now, was now changed. Um, sexual preference now was uh, labeled as something that's offensive uh, to people to use that term. So, so, you know, this agenda uh, on the left, not only does it seek to um, redefine, uh, you know, a, a sexual ethic, but, it, 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 you know, we see it in the dictionary, we see it in the courts, we see it in the classroom, we see it in the media. Um, you know, once they decide what the next step is, um, then that gets pushed. And, you know, you hear it with Biden, because Biden now says that, that the greatest um, the greatest need, the greatest uh Freedom that that uh, we need today is is uh, the, the transgender issue is the most important issue facing um, us in the world today. Well, that's in his mind, son, because the sexual revolution started the domino effect, 
And, and when, uh, you know, millions of people threw caution to the wind and said, we're going to have sex outside of marriage, not only because Hugh Hefner and the whole Playboy thing uh, shows us it's, it's really cool to do that, but, but, I mean, everybody knows that, you know, it's just too uh, prudish uh, to do anything other than that. So, so this launched into all forms of, of, of fornication, but, but then it doesn't stop there because man's nature is such, son, that once you throw caution to the wind and you don't abide by God's boundaries, um, then you find yourself needing more and, and, and wanting more. And then we saw the whole push for, um, you know, homosexual uh, activity, which, you know, previously, uh, even the uh, American Psychological Association had identified that as a, as a mental uh, disorder that, that really needs counseling. Well, that was quickly uh, pushed aside. I mean, how dare you say that, 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 you know, somebody's sexual desires are in any way related to a, a, a mental um you know, disorientation. No, it's not disorientation. It's simply their orientation. And so that got pushed and then gay marriage was, was, was forced upon the nation by, you know, they had enough votes for that. Uh, just like there were enough votes for, you know, Roe v. Wade at one point. And, and, and so now that all that's been done, they have to find something else. And so the latest thing that um, the devil is throwing at, at people and at young people uh, are these uh, transgender ideas uh, in their mind. And, and then convincing parents and others to, uh, let, let, let's give these young people uh, hormone-suppressing drugs. Let's uh, start to get them ready for body-altering surgery. Uh, never mind the fact, Son, that no one would dare to suggest to uh, someone with uh, anorexia that you have liposuction. No one would dare to uh, you know, suggest that sort of radical surgery just because somebody in their mind thinks they're overweight when they're really not. No, never mind that. In the area of sexuality, um, there, people, you know, folks are so far gone in, in terms of no, no bearings whatsoever, no um, foundation. But this is what happens on to any of us. Once you uh, throw caution to the wind and remove God's boundaries, you are at the mercy of the waves and the winds of culture, of your own emotions, of your own feelings. And, and then who among us isn't capable, son, of trying to convince ourselves now that what has overtaken me, um, I have to somehow come up with a defense for, I have to make it uh, not only acceptable for me, but I have to convince others that, that you know, this, this can be right for anyone and everyone. And, you know, the Bible says a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. You know, uh, the founders of our country understood, son, that self-restraint, self-control, is a very important part of, of life and freedom and liberty. And, and what, what has happened in the last 50 years in America is that so many educators, so many in the culture have been promoting this, this idea of free sex, free this, free that. Well, it's not free, son. It comes at a very high cost. And, and America is reaping what has been sown now with these false ideologies and, uh, and that's what makes it especially interesting that two of our Supreme Court justices, uh, Justice Alito and uh, Justice Thomas, recently in one of their, um, oh, I guess one of the cases they were looking at, um, they apparently, uh, you know, made reference to the fact that, you know, we, we may need to go back and look at this whole, um, you know, uh, homosexual marriage, gay marriage uh, issue, be, be because it, it's having all these consequences for us now, like people are being forced to have to, you know, bake a cake for a couple if it goes against your religious convictions or, or take photographs at a wedding if it, if it goes against your religious convictions. And, 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 and so it's not at all in the spirit 
uh, of America to force this upon people. But, but that's where the counter the counterculture uh, has, has, has taken us. And, um, you know, every day it's like, buckle up, hang on, because I tell you, son, um, you never know when, when a new term is going to come out, when a new term is, is deemed to be right or wrong, let's change the dictionary. Let's, let's not tell the kid, I mean, who would have thought 50 years ago? You know, if you said to somebody, this little eight-year-old boy thinks, you know, he wants to be a girl, or this little eight-year-old girl thinks she wants to be a boy. I mean, you know, you might have locked somebody up if they, if they a teacher or a parent, if they started, um, you know, uh, encouraging a young person to, to, to pursue that. But, but that's where we're at today, and, um, you know, much, much prayer and wisdom is needed, and, and much education is needed, Son, um, because, you know, it seems like we're just kind of going over a cliff. And and we have to we got to put the brakes on right right away. You know, Dan, um, I've met some pretty cool transgendered people. Um, obviously, met some gay people that are really cool. Sure, befriended some of them. Um, yes. The one interesting thing, though, that like all of us, you know, we get conflicted. But the but the transgendered people, for some reason, really seem to be conflicted when you really yeah. get to talk to them. You know, just just talking to them. And so there's really something yeah. to that. You know, there really is. Um, and you've, I've known a few people, a couple people, I won't say a few, but like at least two. And I'm not going to bring them up right now because I hate when people do that. Yeah. I know something, but I'm not going to tell you about it because it's, it's a privacy issue. But I want, I want it to be made known that I'm not just throwing things out there. People who have gone through a transition and then they've ended their own lives because of the conflict that they're feeling deep inside. So it's something more that's going on deep inside a person than just their outward appearance, outward gender, outward whatever it is that they're going through. And so we really need to address people in general as people uh, that were created by God, regardless of who they are. And I think there might be um, a little bit of, I don't want to say fault, but I remember growing up when you deal with people that were, because I guess, you know, homosexuality was always the, the like, seen sin maybe or, like, the taboo sin or, like, the greatest sin, and it was always treated right. kind of that way. And so I think we've right. gotten to the point now where we need to realize that, you know, it's no greater, no different than any other thing that I've done, you've done, or anybody else has done. Right. The ramifications right. might be, uh, you know, there's yeah. consequence to our, to our actions. We all know that, you know. There's consequences yeah. to yeah. our action. If I jump off a building, gravity is going to make me fall, and I'm going to go splat. You know, I'm going to be right. wily coyote. So there are ramifications and consequences to our actions. Um, yeah. However, there seems to be certain activities in life that require or that result in more severe uh, consequences or actions or whatever. And so we have to remember, though, that no matter who we're dealing with, that they are children of God, whether or not they believe, and we need to treat them as such and not be so judgmental and maybe be in a position where we can step in and maybe help them and be a comfort for them or be a shoulder to lean on or whatever the case may be because they are hurting just like the rest of us are. Because oh, yeah. whatever people are going through, you know, if, if someone has had gone through an abortion, you know, I'm sorry, but those people that paint it as a rosy picture, I think Nikki, uh, what's her name from the, from the Buckinghams, uh, Stevie Nicks. I think she just yeah. came out and said that if it wasn't for her abortion, then that band never would have taken place. And I'm right. thinking, how sad is that? You know, it's, it's not rosy that these, cause I've talked to people and, and I've seen people experience it. It is not a rosy picture. It's not all, you know, champagne, caviar and champagne, like that one guy used to say. Um, when right. people go through these things, you know, it's a very traumatic, it's a very yeah. life altering, it's a very emotional thing that they're going through and there needs to be support for them. And so even yeah. though you might disagree with what they're doing, 
and you might not condone what they're doing, we can still be used to be there as a, as a support system for them for the aftermath yeah. because they yeah. need that more than anything at that time. You yeah. know, it's yeah. kind, it's kind of like when the teen gets pregnant and then everyone jumps on him. You shouldn't have done that. You this, you that. Well, okay, it's too late for that. That's not right. the time for that. The time for that was is past. Now the time is for you know what? Okay. You are going to have a child. Let's make sure that you get the proper medical equip, uh, you know, medical care. Let's make sure you have a, an environment that can love the kid. Let's make sure we do right. all these things because what happens? Right. And, and I'm sorry, but I'm just going to point out the church. When you go to the church, you yeah. get judgment, you get condemnation, you get gossiping, you get, oh, look what that person did. It's the taboo sin, yeah. the scarlet letter. When you go to yeah. the Planned Parenthood, you get everything's going to be okay. Where would you go? Would you go to the place where everything's going to be okay? Or are you going to go to the place where you get judgment, condemnation, and all that other stuff? And that's what we have oh, to do. Exactly. We have to exactly. change so that when people come to us, we're the place where everything's going to be okay. Yes, yes. No, there, there, there's no doubt about it, Son. And so, yes, I mean, you know, on one hand, you know, we can talk about this issue in terms of how dangerous it is for children. We can talk about it in terms of, like, um, the risk of suicide, which you, you, you referred to. And, you know, they did a, a 30 year study in Sweden involving over 300 people. And, you know, son, they found that, that those, those who've had uh, sex reassignment surgery are almost 20 times more likely to commit suicide. I mean, think about that 20 times more likely to commit suicide than the rest of the population. So, so on one hand, we have a righteous indignation uh, against a philosophy that is harmful to, to children that is, enslaving children. Um, but, but on the other hand, we also have, as you're rightly pointing out, we have this huge call and need um, and responsibility for compassion to meet people where they're at. So just as you say, I mean, if we're, if we're uh, engaging with someone, let's say, who is a, a transgender individual, um, as you say, I mean, we're all equally sinful before God. None of us are better and worse than the others. And, and we have to be um, accessible and open, and I love hearing Tom that you have friendships with, with 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 folks. Let's say who are transgender. I mean, how else are we going to be able to to reach someone who is in that uh, situation with the love of Christ? Um, and and so we, we we don't want anybody to feel um, as though we're condemning them because that is never our place. Uh, even Jesus did not condemn the woman caught in adultery. Um, he he, he uh, said he didn't uh, condemn her. He he said that uh, he came. Um, you know, to, to help her and to forgive her and he said, go and sin no more. Um, so, so that is to be our calling. And so, yeah, I really appreciate you making that point clear because, um, on one hand, we're dealing with the way a society is, is trying to force a, um, an ideology upon everybody. But then we also have to understand that when we talk about the dangers of that sort of, of uh, enslavement of people's minds but with, with such a dark ideology that we're not uh, suggesting that someone who's been caught up in that is somehow now, you know, oh, well, they're a bigger sinner because they got trapped into that. Um, so we, 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 we try to handle that, you know, delicately. And, and both of these things uh, then uh, are needed. And of course, we live in a day, son, where you're not supposed to challenge any of the um, the, the, the newfangled, uh, definitions of gender or sex. Uh, you're, you're not supposed to challenge any of those. And so, um, well, you know, uh, the Bible has been challenging, uh, newfangled definitions of, of, of sexual immorality and, 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 and misinformation, uh, and disinformation. The Bible has been addressing that, you know, for centuries. And so we just happen to live at a time where, 
where this is one area, you know, gender and sex, where it has just exploded with with uh, variables and exploded with um, overwhelming desires that people are experiencing and engaging in, and we're all susceptible to it, and we're all sinful before God. We all are broken, um, and and we're just trying to help you know help one another and help others meet the Lord and and find wholeness in Christ. And and what Joe Biden said last night that he he supports an eight year old choosing to be transgender. Um, this is not the path to wholeness. This is not the path to wellness. This is not the path to certainly it's not the path to, to finding uh, you know a peaceful and enjoyable relationship with God because you're going to be so distracted by what you've done to your body, by what's happened to your mind um, that it, it, you know it, it's just going to set you on a course that, that God never intended you to be on. You know, the other thing that came up, which is quite dangerous, depending upon how it's used, is court packing. You know, it's it's like this. And the way they're talking about it nowadays, it's a revengeful thing. You know, it's it's a vengeful for putting, you know, the new Supreme Court justice on the court before the next election. And yes. when it becomes a weaponized thing, all people, no matter what, should be concerned because it's going to radically change a lot of things. And and you and we mentioned a couple, you know, you mentioned Cuba. I got a guy I went to school yeah. with that I reconnected with recently and he was telling me his family's from Cuba and he was telling me the before Castro and after Castro yeah. Cuba. And he gets upset yeah. when he when he hears people talking about socialism as it's a good thing because his family has seen firsthand just how horrific that is. The promises yeah. that were made before that got everybody to want to have it. And then the realization afterwards when everyone was like, I can't believe I supported that. And that's yeah. what we're getting to. We're getting to the point where there's a lot of people that are wanting because of their hatred for the current administration or whatever. Mm -hmm. They want things to be changed, but yet they don't realize that that very change they're crying for now is going to come back and haunt them because it's going to negatively affect them in something that they want to do. Yes. Well, that, that, that's right, son. And, and they're just looking at the short term. And, um, and yet it's such a dangerous, it's such a dangerous thing to do because again, all it, all it would tend to do is, is let one group, uh, just dominate another group rather than allowing this free exchange of ideas. And, uh, when you have a media that is so slanted toward, um, really overhauling America and, and changing America from, um, our, uh, our, our, our basic approach to freedom and liberty and freedom of speech and freedom of religion and, and freedom to be able to disagree with one another. Um, you're, you're, you're moving away from uh, really what is a healthy and, and wholesome uh, approach to, to, uh, to governing and leading and, and, and uh, watching over a nation to one where it, it's just on lockdown. I mean, you know, lo lockdown is a good word for it. You know, those who want to lock down uh, ideas, they want to lock down society, they want to lock down people. Um, you know, Jesus came to set us free, uh, not to lock us down to become slaves of, of, of the government or slaves of our passions or, or slaves of newfangled ideas. Or, or slaves or whatever is the, you know, the, the, the current, uh, you know, the current thing in society. So um, it really is a, a battleground uh, for the mind today. And, uh, and we do need to take every thought captive, as the Bible says, to make it obedient to Christ. The other thing, too, people don't realize is that, okay, so the people that want to pack the court, for example, have this idea in mind, this utopia that the people they put on 
the court and pack with are going to follow everything that they say. Who's to say that once they get on the court, the court doesn't take a mind of its own and just take over the country? You know, they, they don't think of the ramifications that, okay, politicians will say anything they want to get elected. How do we know that a Supreme Court justice nominee isn't going to say anything? I mean, it's still true, but isn't going to say anything or do anything to get nominated to a lifetime appointment. And then they all come together and now you have this, whatever, 13 people or whatever now running the country because you put them on there with the ultimate authority and then there is no checks and balance anymore. So who's to say that people aren't going, you know, so, so these people that want to basically pack the court think that the court is going to follow what they want, their agenda. That's not going to yes. happen. Why isn't the court, the court no. can take their own agenda and then screw everybody else. And then they're like, Oh, what that's happened? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's exactly right. Son. And it's kind of related in a way to uh, what I said a little while ago about how, um, you know, there are those on the left who have assumed that if we just open up borders, we're going to get all sorts of people to come into our country who are going to vote for us because we opened up the border. Um, because they're not going to be able to think for themselves. They're, not, they're just going to be so thrilled with what we give them that, that they're not going to think through the policies. They're not going to be smart enough to do that. And, and this is the way the left has, has treated uh, the black community for decades. This is the way I think the left has, has hoped to, to treat, um, you know, uh, the Latino community. But, but I, I think that there are, are plenty of people in both of those uh, communities who are realizing, you know what, we didn't come here um, to be treated uh, like, like, you know, we're just, we're just pawns in your hands. Uh, we, we didn't even come here just to make our, our race our, our central identity. Uh, we, we, we came here because of the idea of America, uh, that we're all equal, and, and, and that in a way that we, we can be colorblind. Uh, we're, we're not here to just be these little voting blocks, uh, so that you can have, you know, few people, you're, you're, you're few people in, in a position of power. Um, we are here for our families. We are here for the nation. We're here for God, first and foremost, you know, uh, many people at least. Um, and, 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 and so, yes, um, it is, it is interesting when those who, devise a plan whereby they assume they're going to be able to control everything when it starts to, uh, to kind of turn around on them. And, and when those that they thought they could control, um, no longer can, uh, you know, are, are under the, the control they thought they would have. And, and, and we see this even of course with politicians on, uh, and, and you'll see it at the democratic party where, you know, um, eventually they end up, you know, eating one another. I mean, because at the end, it's only be one on the top. So they may work together for a while, but, but then eventually, um, you know, they'll end up turning on their own because that's just the nature of, of, of politics eventually. And, um, you know, I mean, once the, the Clintons were, were no longer useful uh, to the party, uh, you know, it, it was time to, uh, to, to move on. And that's just the nature of politics. Fortunately, our God never moves on. Uh, he never gets tired of us. He never, you know, he got, God is for us today, tomorrow, and forever, you know, through Jesus, our Savior. So, so it's the message of Christ that we want to bring to people's lives and hearts and minds. And, and that's where the real power and peace is, is at, Son. And, and so um, we have opportunities for that today, even in the midst of such a, you know, conflicted uh, political environment and, and culturally conflicted environment that we live in today. Yeah, and ultimately, when it comes down to it, God's in control. Um, obviously, with a sinful nature that we live in this world, there's going to be things that go on that, you know, happen because of the consequence of sin, and, and we have to deal with it as people. 
whether it be you know the people we choose to run for office and the decisions they make or whether the the things we decide and choose for in our life and the ramifications that come from that but ultimately god's in control and more importantly no matter if we have never accepted him or never believed in him or if we have and we've maybe gone our own way and kind of done our own thing and decided you know what this really isn't working out i got to come back he accepts us no matter who we are, what we've done, where we've been, and he will always be there embracing us and welcoming us back to him because all we have to do is believe, repent, and confess, and then he will accept us and bring us to heaven, and we can have eternity with him. Yeah, that's such a, a beautiful message, isn't it, Simon? I mean, the message of the gospel um, that, that we're all broken, we're all flawed individuals, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short, and yet, when we come to Jesus in repentance and faith, when we come to the cross, um, when we come as, as sinful human beings in need of a Savior, the Lord is, is there with open arms to receive us, to welcome us into his family. And, and this is the message that, that, that we have for the world. This is the message God's given us uh, for the world. And it's on a higher level than, than even any message of, of freedom in America that, that we love to promote because we love to see people experience all levels of freedom, not just spiritual freedom, but, but the highest uh, message, of course, by far, is this message of spiritual freedom. And when you think, Son, about those nations that don't have any freedoms virtually, and they're on lockdown all the time, and yet in some of those nations, Christianity is exploding. Uh, you know, the underground church, the, the, the church that isn't meeting out in the open the way uh, you, you can in America, and yet they're, they're thriving, they're, they're bursting with, with, with faith and power and souls being one. So, you know, there is this kingdom, the kingdom of, of God that is growing um, regardless of, of, of what's going on in the political sphere. And, um, and, and as you and I have often discussed, and probably, you know, 90% or more of our visits on these podcasts, of course, deal with the spiritual kingdom. It is not very often that we spend too much time in the, the political kingdom, but, but the two do overlap. And, and because we are concerned not just about a person's eternal salvation, that's the biggest thing, but we're also concerned about many other issues in life in this world for people, and we recognize that there are things in America that can provide uh, certain benefits to people that you don't have in a country like, say, Venezuela on, on some of those levels of, of, of uh, just material uh, prosperity, blessings, food, a roof over your head, you know, um, and then just, um, you know, we're very concerned, of course, as Christians about any, any corruption anywhere. Um, whether it be in, in a church, in an or, a church organization, a religious organization, a political organization, um, corruption hurts people uh, in so many ways. So Christians do speak out on, on issues of, of corruption, on cover-ups, on, on disinformation, misinformation, uh, because we're, we're about the truth. We, we want to promote the truth. And not to say that any one of us always gets it right. We, we get it wrong plenty of times. Not to say that any one of us doesn't need to be counseled and, and guided and instructed and critiqued. We all need critique. Um, you know, we all can, can, can get it wrong and do get it wrong at times. So, you know, uh, but none of us are above the law. None of us are above the Lord. And um, we're here to serve him. So I just so appreciate, Son, you know, what you're doing with these podcasts. It's great today to be able to dive into this topic. because I, I think it does um, ultimately then point to Jesus as, as the source of true freedom, true liberty, and, of course, uh, forgiveness and eternal life in heaven uh, with, with our Lord and Savior. 
Dan Delzell, another week, another talk, another conversation. We appreciate it. One one final thing is, you know, we, we say God's in control, but he also gave us this world, and we need to take care of it or we need to do our part. Um, and that means, you know, whether it's voting or whether it's going out and helping our neighbor or whether it's, yeah. you know, helping the community at large, whatever the case may be, we got to do our part. Kind of like what I say, God, I need a job, but I'm going to sit on the couch and watch TV all day. Chances are right. I'm not getting a job. But if I'm out right. pounding the pavement, looking online, trying to find, actively seek a job, then he's more apt to open doors and let me find something. And so that's what it is with us. We talk about these issues, and ultimately our goal is to get to heaven. Ultimately our goal is yeah. to reach others for Christ. And this world's going to pass away at one time, but God has given this to us so that we could be good stewards of it, and that includes us yeah. doing our part, whether it be voting, whether it be doing other things, um, being there for each yeah. other, we got to do it. And that's why it's also sometimes fun to kind of focus on the things like the politics that are going on right now because we do need, right. as Christians, need to do our due diligence. Definitely. Very, very well said, Son. And, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Dan Delzell, author at the uh, Christian Post. You can go to ChristianPost.com and just insert his name in the search bar, and all his articles will pop up. Also, um, a pastor at a church in Papillion, Nebraska, and that uh, they can find more information on your Facebook page for the church, and and that is what exactly? That's uh, if they just search for Redeemer in Papillion, P-A-P-I-L-L-I-O-N, they, and, and then on Facebook, it, that'll pop up, and and they can find uh, more uh, you know videos there and, and information there as well as as you say, son the. The articles on a Christian post that, that I've written on many different topics. You can find me on Instagram at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. I would say Twitter as well, but you probably get banned, so I'm not going to even bring up Twitter. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dan, thanks so much. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your thoughts, your comments, and thank you for sharing, and we look forward to uh, next time. Well, a- absolutely, son. I should look forward to it as well. And, you know, finally, you know, you mentioned Twitter. I think they were, they've been uh, down for a while here after the debacle they had this week. So, uh, you know, they're still trying to get it put together. So aren't you glad one day we're not going to have to deal with any of this, uh, any of this tech stuff? But in the meantime, we'll, we'll use it as we can for God's glory. And uh, thank you, son, for, for having me on again today. Well, the one entity that you can follow without any issues whatsoever is Jesus. Amen. He, he will never, uh, censor you for anything um for those of you listening thanks for listening do tell a friend and until next time god bless